Well, happy Monday. You are listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Huge thank you to all of you who came out on Friday night for our live and local broadcast, special broadcast from our office parking lot across from First Friday. It was really fun to see all of you. Ash, I think you um, you, you, you had a good time as well. Yeah, I had a great time. I was bundled up. I had Rocky as a little incubator sitting on my lap and loved seeing all the people walking around, headed over to support our community at First Friday. It was fun. It was wild downtown. And after the broadcast, I, you know, we walked around, uh, checked out the sites, and, uh, and I went over and got some barbecue. And, and it was absolutely packed to the gills with people. No one seemed to have been too concerned about the new COVID variant, loose. Uh, and among us, apparently, um, some cases picking up uh, all over the states now, uh, but people not concerned. They're going out. They're having a good time, and we're seeing it certainly here uh, take place uh, locally. Ash, did you get to see any of the any of the rodeo? Oh, national finals rodeo? No, I have not. I have I didn't not either. But- I'm yeah. But I did talk to our good friend Jerry Gillick in the community. He went, I think, on Friday night, and he was telling me how efficient and well-run it is. And he's a a rodeo guy, so he knows good ones and bad ones, and he was raving about how well they put on an event. Oh, that's that's good. I mean, and it's also good, especially after the hiatus that they spent a year away, right? Mm -hmm. They they didn't have it here last year, so now they're, you know, they're they're back in town doing it. I. I, it's so funny because my my son he plays water polo over at UNLV, and I you know I'm so I'm dropping him off. This is when everything's kind of getting ready. This is early last week. I'm dropping him off, and all the cattle, the the everything, all the horses, the cows, everything is out there, um, right on the soccer pitch, right by kind of like right by the 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 natatorium and where the where the football team practices. Anyway, so it was it was it was a sight to behold. It was a smell to behold. Um, but I, but it all seemed very well run to me, very organized, like they'd been doing it for a million years, which they have been here again, with the exception of last year. Um, so that was fun and, a, and all around a good weekend. I hope everybody uh, enjoyed it and had it safe. I hope people enjoyed their weekend more than Qu- Chris Cuomo. Ash, he got fired. Does this surprise you in the least? Not at all. I mean, it actually, I actually know it does. Uh, He, you know, he's a broadcaster for CNN. I thought CNN was going to kind of pull its usual, put him on hold, maybe suspend him, keep him out of the radar and off the headlines and out of the the people's mind for just enough time to elapse and then slowly bring him back into the fold. So I kind of am a little surprised. Yeah, you know, the premise, obviously, the reason for his firing. Uh, is what their what their stated reason is, of course, that he played a very active role in defending and and um, not just even defending, but actually helping his brother Andrew Cuomo, who was governor and was facing a, a litany of abuse allegations of sexual harassment claims, and that he you know that Chris Cuomo, as his brother slash also a CNN journalist, in quotes, was helping you know him come up with opposition research 
talking points, defense points, even using his journalistic staff that was on the Chris Cuomo show to dig up things on his various accusers, which, of course, you know, is just a, a hugely uh, bad idea. But so my but my thinking on this is, I mean, it was it's not an it's not completely unheard of that a brother is going to help a brother. Right, that that blood is thicker than water, whatever the uh, expression is. You know that you're going to have a brother step in and help his brother. The part of it that I thought was crazy from the beginning is CNN suspending its journalistic credibility yet again when they allowed a brother to cover his brother, and we saw this transpire. If you go back to the to the coverage around COVID. Uh, you know, when when Governor Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo was the, you know, the saint of saints when it came to government response to COVID, you had his brother every night, you know, singing his praises, interviewing him, I think six or seven times during that shutdown, that lockdown. And of course, at the same time, Andrew Cuomo uh, being famous for the the uh, edict of the executive order that sent um, tens of thousands of New York seniors to their deaths because he directed that people be sent, um, COVID patients be sent to nursing homes. And so the most vulnerable folks in New York City were directly exposed at the first, you know, first weeks of the virus hitting New York. It was a very tragic thing. And, and again, so Sienna didn't cover that, didn't talk about it. And, and to me, the, the, the whole, this, this whole thing, yeah, the, I, I, I'm surprised you're right. I'm surprised it didn't roll over one more time. So what I, I think it means is that, is that somebody there, uh, whether it was Zucker, the CEO, the head of, head of CNN, or legal, but somebody had enough. So now are there, is there is – there, and we always look at it as lawyers, right? Is, does Chris Cuomo have any grounds to sue CNN for terminating his contract? Well, you know, we talk about this. It always comes down to the terms of the specific employment contract. And I'm going to presume that CNN, like everyone else in 2020, one has a morality clause in their contract that basically says an employee does anything of disrepute or, you know, immoral standards that goes against the company, they can be fired immediately. And so I think that's where they're going to try and wedge this whole situation right into that. The hard part, though, is I think there's going to have to be additional allegations of sexual misconduct or something like that that really holds true to explain why they did the independent investigation and then a day later they immediately terminated him because I think trying to terminate him on the basis that, you know, he helped his brother, he put their journalistic credibility at issue and in question as a base, as a result of it. I don't think that that will fly in a legal standpoint, because like you said, we watched CNN allow brothers to interview one another and to handle a crisis, a pandemic of our na- a national like importance. And, that never was an issue then, so why is it now suddenly an issue, I guess, is kind of where I'm going. Well, I have a question. What if, though, it, it, what, what the independent review discovered – what if the independent review discovered that Chris Cuomo had lied to his supervisors and bosses at CNN? Well, then, because they did mention his lack of candor. I mean that's what, one thing that they put out there publicly because they issued a re- written statement, and they said he's made a number um, – you know, talking about the way Cuomo has characterized the events, he's made a number of accusations that are patently false. 
This reinforces why he was terminated for violating our standards and practices as well as his lack of candor. Well, there, yeah, so, yeah, that's if he's getting in the way of the operation of CNN based on his conduct, and it's in, the, it's in his contract that he can't, you know, good faith and fair dealing. If he's, if he's making it impossible for them by lying to supervisors or superiors and management, then absolutely, I don't think he's going to have a leg to stand on on this. So it'll be interesting to watch it play out because between him and his brother, they're both going nowhere very fast. <laughs> well, the Babylon Bee reported that the Cuomo family – um, uh, the, uh, the Cuomo family unemployment rate now has risen to 100 <laughs> percent. And uh, and I think I think aptly put, I, I'm look, I, I never thought the show was watchable. I mean, I'm, I'm one of these people. I know I'm not alone. I know there's a lot of folks right now listening who've tried to watch Fredo, which was the perfect, the perfect nickname for Chris Cuomo. I mean, just he, he looked a little wormy. He was always. He, he wasn't deep. There was no depth. There was no intelligence even. He was just a guy with a name, right? And they're both brothers are very famous and known inside of political circles, especially on the East Coast, because their father was a prominent New York State governor, Mario Cuomo, and, and, and again, very connected family. So one brother made it in politics and the other one in, you know, supposedly in journalism. But the show was unwatchable. It was not a good show. But, but at but unbelievably, right, by CNN standards, which you got to lower it a little bit and cut it down to size for scale, <laughs> he actually had some of their – he was one of their leading shows in their primetime lineup for ratings. Dwarfed, of course, by anything on Fox, but, but nonetheless was one of their key players. So one thing I look at that and I say I, – and, and, and we know this as business owners. When you have somebody who is producing and they're there and they're doing the job. And something comes up, you know, the inclination as a business owner is, you know, if they're if they're producing revenue, you, you, you know, do you make the do, do you compromise? Right. Do you mm -hmm. compromise? Do you keep them because they're producing something for you? They're bringing home the bacon. Right. They're making you money. Do you compromise? And then the, the, the next week, do you compromise again? And then do you just hit a point where you can no longer compromise? My comment on that is I think that's what happened here. I suspect that Zucker and the bosses over there compromised and compromised Congress. They liked him or they, they wanted they, – he was a producer. He, <laughs> CNN is not doing well in the ratings game, losing you know, a talent a figure that is actually bringing some ratings to the table is not something they wanted to do. They didn't have an heir apparent in the wings. The guy that is replacing him, I think it's Michael Smirkonish. I, I mean, a lot of people out there, unless they're politically aware and astute, don't even know who that is. So they, they, they didn't have a plan B set up. But I think it got to the point where it became so public, and the knife in the back of Cuomo came from the attorney general in New York. And She's the gal that published the scathing report on Andrew Cuomo on the brother that was governor about all the sexual harassment stuff, but she also published the smoking gun text messages in that report between Governor Cuomo, his brother on CNN, and also uh, texts going back and forth to a number of key lieutenants within the governor's office uh, who have now also been accused of wrongdoing in, in that probe. And who were communicating directly with Chris Cuomo at CNN. And so the whole thing just began to stink. 
I think he got called in on the carpet, and he lied because that's what he does. He's just – he lied. Uh, he's used to doing that every night on TV. So he did that, and then he just got himself even deeper, and finally they, they just couldn't take any more of it. But he's suing. They owe him $6 bucks. So the question is, where does that lawsuit go, and what do we think? Yeah, well, I think it leaves actually like eighteen and twenty million total because that was six oh, million wow. annually. Yeah, no, oh. he, there's a lot of money on the table here for him. So it'll be there will be a lawsuit. There will be some some discussions, and I it'll probably settle. But I've heard that CNN's adamant that they don't want to pay him, and I don't blame them. I really don't. If if everything that they're saying is true, and the investigation's probably worse than what we we're hearing, then yeah. Stick to your guns. Don't pay. Yeah. No, I, I think they shouldn't pay, and I, and I think there's a chance that he doesn't see any of it. Um, fascinating stuff. Now, speaking of CNN, when we come back, Ash, there's a uh, – we've been following this story, of course, and consistently talking about the perils of China and how really no one very much is taking it seriously. I almost dropped dead yesterday. I heard Jake Tapper talking sense on China. Uh, this is a big story. It has to do with that tennis star who just suddenly vanished when she made an accusation against a member of the Communist Party. And, um, and again, they're, um, they're finally somebody on the, in the left-wing media, at least, has taken notice of this and laid down a scathing monologue. We will talk about that when we come back. It's got tongues wagging. You need to hear this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Make your mornings right. Glenn Beck at 6, Vegas at 8 with Alan Stock and Dana at 9. Breaking news, thought starters, and opinions for Southern Nevada. News Talk 840, KXNT. Stay connected. All right, you found us. Sam and Ash, what's right with Sam and Ash? There you go. I said our names twice. Good thing. I said it once for each of us, Ash. You like <laughs> That's, that? You're so kind. You're so kind. I know. This is News Talk 840 KXNT, the spot to be between 2 and 3 o'clock weekdays. Uh, you know, it's nice to have a live and local show here in Vegas. Uh, and, you know, we we're, I think we're an excellent compliment to Alan Stock every morning. Alan kind of gets everything kicked off, doesn't he? He goes he through really like— does. It's like everything that you need to know in one hour, and it sets you up for the day. I, I always listen to him because I'm, I'm traveling to the office around that time, and so I'll throw him on the radio, and I go, yep, I needed to know that, that, and that, and I got it in my head. And then what I do is we just um, – he gives us all the ideas for our show in the afternoon. That's perfect. <laughs> um, not true, not true. We're able to go, uh, we're able to go b- beyond some of these headlines because we don't hit up everything. We just go into a, a little bit greater depth. And we try to focus on a lot of current stuff locally that's going on, but also national stuff that affects us. And one of the one of the big national stories to me, Ash, that's really that rankles me. It rankles me, I guess, or or is not rank is the wrong word. I, it it matters to me. It's of importance to me because I see China uh, as as a serious threat, and and it's not just because my parents, of course, escaped communism in the East. The communism my parents left, escaped from, is very different from the communism, from the government that you see in China. And the key difference is that China is far more of a, of a frighteningly totalitarian state than even the country my parents left. Uh, technology, of course, being one of the things that 
really enables them to keep track and on tabs on people. So there was this story, and we we talked about it briefly. There was a uh, a, a tennis player, a Chinese tennis player, and it's you know it's it's an interesting thing because her name is Peng Shui, and Peng accused. China's former vice premier, Zhang Gaoli, of sexually assaulting her. And she puts a tweet out about it, and it, it's a statement. I don't, it was actually maybe not a tweet. It was on their social media platform that they have over there and puts out a statement. And within 30 minutes, it is erased. It's gone. And within a day, she's disappeared. Now, for people that are familiar watching China and how they operate, this is no – crazy thing. We go, yeah, of course. Yeah, this is what they do. If you speak truth to power, you're gone. They can't have that. And the thing that that I guess bothers me the most is, you know, yes, we can't control that, but we we as a country, there's so many woke companies in this country that constantly lecture to us about all the social wrong that we have going on here, all the social inequality, all the ways America is bad. But when it comes to China, crickets. Why? It's all about the money. So companies like Nike, companies like, like, like Apple, Coke, tons of business in China, they don't want to give it up. The lucre of those deals makes them completely silent. So, the, so it, to me, it just... It, it, it that that bothers me on a principled position, and so I was absolutely shocked. First of all, what happened over the weekend was that the WTA, the Women's Tennis Association, has protested China's you know bundling off with this with this young athlete, and has refused to hold any future matches in China whatsoever. They're the first, I think, they're like the first major organization to say that they aren't going to do any business in China. And their their president, his name is Steve Simon, he went on Aaron Burnett on CNN over the weekend. And, and Ash, I'm going to play this here because it's just a very a quick, powerful statement from him on their position. I want to listen to – everybody listen to every word of this because it is it's, – it's so simple and so powerful. This is something we can't walk away from. If we walk away from this, we're basically telling the world that not addressing sexual assault with the respect and seriousness it requires is okay because it's difficult to do. That's something that we simply cannot happen, and it's not what we stand for as an organization. So literally the first organization to put their foot down. Now, the Olympic Committee aren't doing anything. The, you know, Coke won't do anything. I mean we're all talking about – you know, women and, and, and protecting women and, and stopping sexual assault. But when it happens in China with the country that we want to do business with, and they literally kidnap and arrest a prominent world athlete, nobody says anything. Yeah, you know, I, I, one, it's like we've talked about before, this isn't surprising. The NBA had its scuffle with the uh, with China maybe a year or so ago when one of the owners tweeted about it, and then next thing you know, there was a bunch of apologies. And, and it's, so this is nothing new, and I think it's just the you're never going to get anything out of the IOC, the uh, International Olympic Committee. They're not going to do anything because we've got the Beijing Winter Olympics coming up here, and so they need to stay in 
in cahoots with Beijing and, and sort this out because, and they're the ones that apparently did the interview with Peng. Is that correct? Yeah. And they did the proof of life yes. interview, but refused to then give any of the, the video footage to anyone so they could see the full recorded um, interview of Peng to make sure she's alive. They just reported like, hey, don't worry, guys, nothing to see here. We, we've checked it out. And like, why would I trust you? You're like Chris Cuomo. Exactly. And, and, I, and we've got to take a quick break, but I do want to play the Jake Tapper bit on this because not often that we agree with Jake Tapper on CNN, <laughs> but this time he hits it out of the park. You don't want to miss this. We're coming back after a short break. What's right with Sam and Ash back after this? Alan Stock here. I'm a veteran radio broadcaster here in the Las Vegas area for over 22 years. What's Right with Sam and Ash is a show to listen to, something to not miss. Every weekday live for one hour starting at 2 p.m. right here on AMA 40 KXNT. You can also get more of Sam and Ash, my legal team, on my Vegas Today show every Tuesday morning at 8.30. So stay tuned in because you deserve what's right. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. The What's Right Show with Sam and Ash, News Talk, AM 840, KXNT. Ash, I am I am now you, – you've got me on this. I am on <laughs> the Bronco configurator. You were telling me over the break you're, you're looking at possibly getting a Bronco. I don't want to give anything away, but uh, if there's somebody out there that wants to come through for Ash this Christmas, a <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, what color are you looking for? I think white. I don't know. I want a crisp, clean white. This is such. (laughs) (laughs) This is such a good-looking car. I've only seen a couple of them in person, but uh, but every time I see them, I think that's like Ford nailed it. They just absolutely got this right. And and by and by, for everybody listening, this is not. If you haven't seen this car. It's not your it's not your father's Bronco, okay? This is not the one I grew up with. This is not the one that OJ took for a ride uh that <laughs> fateful day uh when I was still in high school. Okay? That that is not the car. This is so hip and slick and elegant even. Very unlike Ford. <laughs> well, I would say I'm no. I'm going to push I know, I'm kidding. Think, I'm kidding. That's I just think a like cheap Mustangs day. right now are are gorgeous too. I actually and, think Ford's putting out one of the nicer SUV electric vehicles. Have you seen that? Y- yeah, I, I have. I, you know, I I'm I'm still called. not completely oh, sold the, on electric, but no, it's the Mustang Mach E. Well, you're yeah, you're the kind of the sports sedan, the the high, yeah, I I know that that car looks weird, but I no, I'm telling but this good. you think so? Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing about us, a lot of people might not realize, we are both huge car people. Love, love automobiles. You know, maybe we should just do a car segment here where we where we test drive things, and or maybe we should do like a, um, you know, something that is adjacent for the for the podcast. By the way, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify for this show. If you miss any portion of it, you can get it downloaded to your phone or whatever device you use to listen to us at your convenience. So Spotify, Apple Podcast, the what's Excuse me, one more time. What's right with Sam and Ash? And uh, you'll find us and can download us and follow us, please. Yeah, we should do maybe a special on on cars once in a while because, uh, by the way, I know, before we get to Jake Tapper, I know this was a big weekend for you, Ash. Formula One, you're an enormous fan. 
Ugh. Ferrari fan, which I love because you didn't bolt for Mercedes like every other fair-weathered fan did. No. So tell us what happened. Oh, my gosh. Well, it was crazy. It was the first race they did down in, I think, Saudi Arabia. It was, their fir- it was the first time they were at this track. And right now there's a giant competition between Max Verstappen of Red Bull and Lewis Hamilton of Mercedes. And Lewis has won the last six years in a row handedly where it's not even really been that interesting. You just watch all the other teams and drivers compete. But this year, that little guy, Max from Red Bull's competing and there was collisions, there was stoppages, like there was red flag stoppages. And at the end of the race, these two are now going into the final race of the season, all tied up on points. And so I'm, I'm stressed. I'm nervous already. I don't know if I'm going to make it through the season. Ugh. Do they have a race in China? Uh, no, they were in Japan. I think oh, they're talking that's... about China, though. I Everybody wants to I'm get not... a, a, in China's pants, but uh, hope they take the WTA's uh, position, you know, the Women's Tennis Association position, and say, hey, as long as you don't deal fairly with the world – we want no part of you. I, I love Formula One, not as much as you do. I know you're a true fan. So we look forward to further updates on that front. Um, well, here's here as promised. I know we've teased it now two segments in a row, getting to it. So, so Jake Tapper yesterday just unloaded on China and, 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 and on companies that continue to do business with China and frankly turned it around even on all of us that buy the products. And he basically said, you know, it's, it's not about politics. It's about something more. And here's what he said. The allegations against the Chinese government go far beyond its treatment of Shui. This year, both the Trump and Biden administrations have asserted that China is committing, quote, genocide and crimes against humanity against more than one million Uyghurs, ethnic Kazakhs, Hui, other Muslims, some Christians, in internment camps or converted detention facilities, according to the U.S. State Department. Chinese authorities are forcing some women in these camps to take unknown drugs and injections. They're forcibly implanting IUDs, coercing them to get abortions and surgical sterilizations, according to former detainees. Beijing, of course, denies these charges. In fact, it's possible that you are about to purchase or receive a Christmas present made at least in part by Uyghur forced labor in Xinjiang province. Wow, he went there. He laid it down. I mean, for years we've known the the harvesting of corneas, of other vital organs. China's the only place, the only country in the world, Ash, where you and I could go and get organs on demand. They've done under, you know, they've done undercover videos where they, they go to a Chinese hospital, foreigner comes into a Chinese hospital and says, hey, you know, <clears throat> I really need a new liver. I hang out with Sam and Ash too much and, you know, been drinking a lot. <laughs> and so uh, I need, I, I just been, I, this one's a little, little funny. I got to get a new one. How long, how long is the wait? And, and these doctors on camera or the admissions people go, there's no wait. Just whenever you're ready, just come on in and, oh, we don't have any problem. It's well, easier you, to get in a you new know why? deliver than a restaurant reservation in the strip. Yes. Yes. You are more likely to get new corneas in China than you are to be able to get into Delilah in Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. And I oh wish, you know what? And I wish it were funny. It's just, and we're laughing. It's just, 
because the, we have ignored it. And again, for those people just tuning in, there's a young lady who plays tennis, a tennis star, who is who Jay Tapper is referring to, just made an accusation about a top Chinese government official and immediately disappeared. And this happens. Yeah, no yeah. one is too big, by the way. Sorry, no, no, to interrupt. But no one is too big or too important to be disposed of if they get in the way of this regime. Right. And the whole thing that it really is doing and what Jake Tapper's doing is pointing out that everyone sitting on their couch watching him and wearing their Nike sneakers and watching the NBA and all of these, uh, they're just, they're hypocrites. You know, you can sit there with all of your social justice pins and all your tweets, hashtag social justice warrior, but really what are you doing to stop it in the, in the real world? And you're not, you're, you're selectively choosing how you want to apply your social beliefs. And, and that's not fair. There's going and to be, right. a, yeah, no, absolutely. There's going to be a, a new, a new remake, I guess, or a, or a, of, you know, whatever, a, another movie coming out of, for Top Gun, uh, Top Gun 2 or whatever with, with, I, Tom's still going to do it? I guess he is. He's going to be a little bit older, a little puffier, uh, but he's going to wear a new jacket in it. And in the last Top Gun, Tom Hanks wore, actually had a Taiwan flag on his jacket. And in this new movie, that's gone. Accident? I don't think so. If (laughs) they want that movie distributed in China, if they want the Chinese moolah, the studios know they have to accommodate the you know Chinese propaganda and and their their narrative and and Taiwan doesn't exist in Chinese propaganda. Now, to me, when I take LeBron James and all the you know look, uh, you know he it, you you at any given moment listen to what LeBron James has to say about this country and we're all a bunch of this is a we're a racist country. There's social injustice in this country. America has a past that it needs to, you know, settle up with. Okay, that's, that's he talks about that a lot. And I get I understand that his experience as a black man in this country is different than mine as a, as a son of, you know, immigrants from Europe. I get that. Okay? But he talks about that a lot. At the same time, and you said it, Ash, you're spot on at the same time, where does he do business? In China, where they literally, as Jake Tapper's referencing, have concentration camps where the Uyghurs, where the Muslim minority group, are being exterminated, re-educated, you know, and, 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 and being held against their will. They have actual existing concentration camps. This is, this is going on as we, as we are saying the words that we're saying here on air today. And yeah, to some extent, it's fair to turn around some of this and and look inward on us. You know, we, you know, where was my, I'm looking at my iPhone right now. Where was it made? Ooh, it was designed in California. What a relief. But, you know, did, did, uh, you know, did a 13-year-old help assemble it? Quite possibly, yes. Was there slave labor involved in some of the parts? Maybe. Is some of the stuff at Toys R Us or on Amazon.com made with slave labor in China? I, I, most certainly it is. 
and we'll get Christmas presents under the tree and everybody's going to celebrate in this country and, and talk about how unjust we are here and what happened in the past, how racist America was. Ignoring the fact that we are today in the moment turning a blind eye, doing business with a truly despotic and despicable country so that we can, what, get cheap stuff at Walmart or on Amazon so that our shareholders can get a better return on their profits. And I think that's really a big, you know, a big story here. So we will continue to follow this as, as we get through it. Ash, when we come back, I think we got to touch on this horrible school shooting that happened last week. Um, the school district issued a statement. They wrote a letter. Usually as lawyers, we don't think it's a good idea to write a letter so soon after an incident, especially discussing facts of what happened. But uh, here, maybe what they did was a good thing. And we'll explain that when we come back. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk, 840 KXNT. Hey, Las Vegas, this is Sherry Swensk, weather anchor for 8 News Now. Good day. Make sure you get your day underway with me mornings during Vegas at 8. And listen for the Valley's most accurate forecast throughout the day on News Talk 840 KXNT. Salmon Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Salmon Ash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702-820-1234 or SalmonAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. Now listen, we uh, didn't get too deep into this terrible Michigan high school shooting that occurred last week. Uh, the story developed some in the last few days with the arrest of you know, this uh, young man's parents. So the shooter, Ethan Crumbly, and this will be the only time that we mention his name. We don't like to talk about school shooters. Mass shooters don't like to give them any attention. But at any rate, this young man's Parents were arrested uh, for their contribution to the crime, uh, allowing him to be in possession of a firearm that he used at the shooting. Now, the story, I think, um, it becomes especially interesting over the uh, weekend. The Oxford uh, Community Schools, the district, the superintendent there, Tim Throne, wrote a what was a two-page, three-page letter, uh, and he basically goes into what happened and how – you know, he talks about the fact that this kid had been, uh, you know, had been, had been spotted by a teacher buying bullets. He'd been spotted drawing a violent cartoon of sorts that the school responded, goes through the steps that they, that they took. And Ash, um, you know, I sent you this letter over the weekend because I saw it and I thought, ooh, ooh, they're getting into facts. They're getting into facts. You don't want to do that. There's going to be. There's going to be a lawsuit. There's going to be multiple lawsuits. There's going to be a lot happening here. Very dangerous to begin putting these things in writing. But your reaction was, uh, frankly, actually in the moment, surprised me. And it. And what did you tell me? I actually thought it was a good move. I, I'm like you. You know, being a lawyer, I always think it's never really great to have your clients speak out right away, a la Alec Baldwin. Um, but here, I think it's a good thing because little snippets of facts were getting leaked to the media. And in a vacuum, they're very, very troubling to read. You know, that they had seen him searching for ammo online on his phone, that they had seen very violent drawings uh, made the morning of, and just a, a lot 
lot of these things in a, alone sound troubling and you think the school district's absolutely unfit to maintain the safety of its students but then as they detailed it it's a little bit more understandable are they perfect no but it, it seems like um, the right move just from a pr standpoint so they could get out in front of it and say hey it's not as terrible as the clickbait headlines seem we did do some investigation and some things and yeah it resulted in a tragedy but we did our best and under training that and expertise that we have yeah i think what the critical issue here is the fact that the kid was in a counselor's office the, the hours really hours before the shooting took place and the decision was made the parents basically said look we we got work to go back to so we can't He's better to be at school. We understand there's a problem. It's better for him to be at school than for him to be in an empty house by himself because we're going to be at work. And so an agreement there was reached by the counselor and by the parents to, to allow the kid to go back to class, which, of course, then had tragic consequences because you know he ended up shooting up the school. Now, um, I, I, I will get more into this. I, I, and another day, because I, I have my own experiences with this, you know, with kids. I, I just remember going to I had some college classes with an absolutely insane kid that we were concerned would would do something like this. And, you know, you'd go back and you'd go to the administration. You'd say, look, look at these. He's saying some really weird stuff. And he's and he looks weird and he and he's not OK. And he's muttering to himself and he's talking about guns. But none of that was enough to remove him from the classroom. And, and so I, th I think one thing that they make clear in the letter is, look, I, we, yes, there were some problems going on. Yes, we asked that he get help. But at no point did we you know, believe and was it reasonable to believe that this would lead to what it, what it did. And I think the reason is is because there, for every one of these, there are thousands of nut job kids that say weird things, do strange things. And don't end up acting on it. You, you have to have something actionable to remove a kid from, from class. Well, and the fascinating thing is from the, the letter that the school district sent out, that, it's interesting because they didn't have any immediate exigent circumstances thinking that this was an immediate threat. Does yeah. that make like – and the yeah. parents are there, and the parents don't mention, oh, we gave them a handgun. So – do you have it where like where's the handgun there's no like they were kind of behind the eight ball of this guy has some troubling thoughts we need to get him help but it's nothing urgent yeah and we're going to get more into the charges as we as they develop right when understanding getting into the legal aspect from charging the parents to my knowledge is one of the first times that the parents are charged uh for their role in a school shooting i, I on its on its face i think we both like it so as long as they weren't overcharged and the evidence supports the actual charges uh, that have been filed against them. I, I, I think I, I like this. I like this position held, holding parents accountable who put you know, weapons in the hands of, of, of minors. Yeah, no, I know. I want to hear more about your story from college because that's a fascinating take on it. But uh, are you ready for a Sammy on the spot? I most certainly am. Okay, we're going to go easy on you today. Um, <laughs> so the Daily Mail has an article that says 
masked up Chrissy Teigen and John Legend spend at least three grand buying out entire row behind them at the New York City's Vax only Radio City Music Hall to watch the Rockettes. So Chrissy Teigen and John Legend wanted to go see the Rockettes, but they wanted to avoid too many crowds near them and their kids. So they bought out the entire row behind them. I saw this. I actually saw the photograph or a video, and in the empty row behind them, the only person sitting was one of their bodyguards. Yeah. So, well, you want my just my take on this again? Yeah, I just want to know um, what are your thoughts. I think I they've got the money to buy out seats. They're paying for the seats. I mean, they can do what they want. I think it's a terrible look. I think that, and it's funny. We have a friend that used to work for them, don't don't we? Mm-hmm. We know somebody that used to work for them, and and he. I don't remember what he said about them. I, I remember it being over, overall positive. But to me, outside looking in, they just seem they seem very insufferable and into themselves and elitist. And I understand that they're, you know, when you're an A-list personality, that you don't want to come into contact with the hoi polloi. I, I get it uh, because people are always asking you for autographs and photos and this and that. And you just want to go and enjoy yourself. I think that's the bargain that you sign up for for being famous. Being famous has a lot of perks. The one perk it doesn't have is going out in public. Uh, so when you go out in public, you, you either suck it up or you don't get to go out in public and you can enjoy something like this from, you know, on the live stream. And, and I, I saw, so I, I, to me, to me, it just, I, I think if I were them, would I do that? Would I? show off how much money I spent to have a whole empty row around me like some like the you know the, the king of who knows what I, I don't think so I think it's a bad look go enjoy it or don't go and by the way I read in that article that uh that not Chrissy Teigen but um but uh okay what's her husband John Legend that's right he actually left even before the end of the show he just bounced he left so people wouldn't see him so he came late left early that's not what i recommend people do with this show sam and ash what's right we'll be back tomorrow at two we'll see you then